0: Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Russia
1: poised to attack.
0: We should be ready any day. This is our sovereign right
1: to have our troops. Russia's not acting alone. It truly is an axis of evil. Russians using information warfare, disinformation. We are removing the
0: state mandate for masks. Move out of the pandemic phase.
1: They've been coming after me again. Spied on me. Investigations draw closer to him.
0: Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and
2: 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views for a Monday. Lots to talk about. And uh, a interesting story out of the Carolina Journal. Dallas Woodhouse uh, broke this story. Of course, he's the author of the uh, Dallas Woodshed and uh, writes for the Carolina Journal. He has been following very, very closely this whole situation with the North Carolina Supreme Court overruling the maps and forcing the North Carolina state legislature to go back and redraw the maps. Uh, His headline in the Carolina Journal this afternoon, Major Cheating Scandal Rocks Redistricting Review. Legislative Republicans filed an emergency motion earlier today in Wake County Superior Court seeking to block two liberal professors from helping review revives, congressional, and legislative maps. Uh, I've got a copy of this um, document that was filed by the legislative defendants to disqualify Sam Wang and Tyler Jarvis as special assistants to the special masters. um, Dallas is on the phone with us right now. Dallas, uh, good to have you with us. Uh, great article from earlier hey, got, to, earlier today. I got
3: some new breaking news, for you. It's unbelievable. Okay, they're cheating them no all. They're go, just a bunch of cheaters, cheaters. Unbelievable.
2: Anyway, go ahead. Do <laughs> you have something breaking beyond what you wrote earlier this afternoon? I do. Go for it. So
3: here's what here's what I just found out. So. The people that are in North Carolina are not legislators. They're really not even the court. They're these out-of-state math geeks who come up with hocus-pocus math formulas that are all designed to compensate Democrats for having an ineffectual political coalition. You know, all their people are concentrated. They're not in rural areas, all that kind of stuff. So – the plaintiffs in the case used a series of elections, 12 specific elections, um, that – that to create this sort of algorithm and this test that the court accepted. And it was, you know, ele- elections should not vary this much, and it's a mathematical formula. I call it hocus-pocus, but the court accepted Well, the Republicans' legislative and congressional maps passed all those tests, disputed. That's what they did when they redrew them. The plaintiffs have just within the last few minutes filed paperwork with the court saying not to accept uh, those maps. And what they did is they secretly went in and changed the formula and added in a whole bunch of new elections. To move the goalpost again. So um, the, the news there being that the plaintiffs have are asking the court to throw them out under a new formula that the Republicans were never told to comply with. Uh, and that's the kind of silliness we have when we have turned this over to a bunch of the math nerds. Mm-hmm. On the other issue, um, you know, this has to go in front of a lower court. They've got these special masters that are supposed to help do that. You know, that's two former Supreme Court justices and a head of the UNC system. And they are very highly skilled and accomplished people. But they're no more able to perform these mathematical calculations than the first three people out of the Greenville, North Carolina phone book. (laughs) So, So they have to go to some other math geek to try and interpret the first math geeks, geekness, is the way to put it. One math geek tries to figure out whether the Republican maps fall to the other math geeks guy, and then they started coordinating between the two of them and figuring out what data to use and try to cheat the Republicans there. So, you know, if you're a Republican in North Carolina, and look, I'm a columnist. I investigate this stuff. I used to run the Republican Party. I'm not trying to pretend like I'm a 100 percent neutral about it i'm not but it's just unreal the continual moving of the goalposts and the dirty tricks that we've now got to i think thwart the will of the people yeah the people like a republican general assembly they're supposed to be able to draw a map
2: now did the democrats when they have just you said in the last few minutes basically gone to the courts and said throw out these new maps they don't meet our criteria uh, did they take that to the superior court or to the supreme court
3: that goes to the uh, three-judge panel in Superior
2: Court. Okay. Now, they were the I, ones I, I that I, upheld the original I, map, so why would they throw out these maps?
3: Well, see, I don't I don't think they will. I think the real danger is on the – as we've seen the Democrats on the Supreme Court will just make it up as they right. go along. Right. Um, but I, I think it's a very hard case to say. I mean, the bottom line is the, the court said the map favored Republicans in too many ways. Uh, The Republicans redid the maps, and the court suggested a series of mathematical formulas that are used by, again, leftist political science geeks uh, to try to compensate the Democrats for their geography problem. Um, And now when it gets to the court and it's clear that... uh, the Republicans
2: have complied with the law. They're trying to move the goalposts. So it, it's. Well, well, let me ask it, you. It, it, let me ask you, Dallas. It, do you think that they filed this this afternoon based upon your report coming out earlier the after, this afternoon, Major Cheating Scandal Rocks Redistricting Review? And, and let me back up and have you explain to our audience exactly what you're talking about when you say Major Cheating Scandal.
3: So there's a process here. The the legislature is required to redraw the maps that they have done. They have to explain it to the lower court for the lower court to approve them or reject them and adopt something else.
4: To assist
3: uh, the lower court in doing that, they appoint what are known as special masters. Uh, in that case, that's former Supreme Court Justices Bob Orr, um, Bob Edmonds, and former UNC President Tom Ross. Right. But because those guys don't have the technical expertise to do this, they go out and they hire some uh, other people who are mathematical experts in this area. Now, I would argue all those people are biased against Republicans because that is the very nature of their work, is to try to even the score with Republicans. However, one of these um, people the special masters hired, um, he broke the court's orders and he started coordinating with the plaintiff's witnesses in, in this case. So what he was doing is he was calling the plaintiff's witnesses saying, well, give me some background data. What data should I use? Okay, don't use that data because this makes the Republicans look too good. Let me pick some other data to use. Um, it's cheating the system. And, and these special masters who are going to advise the court, they wouldn't really know the difference until um, until it became public and we reported on it. So, I mean, no, you t- um, I, I, know it's, I know it's confusing and I hate it for your listeners. They're going, what? But here's how you – the bottom line is. The Republicans are told to comply with something. The, the actual Democrat-aligned plaintiffs, uh, common cause, illegal – today they said, well, the Republicans complied, so now we're coming up with a new standard to show they didn't comply. At the same time, these math geeks are trying to cheat Republicans, too. You know, uh, you know If you hate Republicans and you think that they get whatever they deserve, uh, then fine. But this is no way to run a constitutional government by the people.
2: Now, you're referring to Sam Wang of Princeton, but there's also a second individual here, Tyler Jarvis of BYU. And this um, uh, complaint that was uh, put forward basically by the leadership of the Republican Party, Phil Berger, uh, Senator Warren Daniels, Senator Paul Newton, and uh, Tim Moore, the Speaker of the House, Uh, But they're basically saying, "Okay, you told these people that they couldn't be involved in the process. Now, these are my words, not yours. But the the uh, the court said you can't be involved in the process. Yet they went around and started corresponding back and forth with the the Democrats, the Eric Holder groups, the common cause and others that want to do away with the Republican maps and make them more advantageous to the Democrats. And so they basically defied the orders of the court and said, well, you know what? We're not, we never get caught or we never get in trouble, so we're going to do it anyway. But they got caught, and, and now this is why the uh, Republicans have filed this complaint with a superior court saying, wait a minute, you need to disqualify them, make sure they're not involved, but you also need to toss—the uh, court needs to make sure that any information that they've given— needs to be tossed and uh, also there there needs to be no future communications between the Democrats and these quote advisors. Now my first question is why did the court pick out these two and saying don't get involved was it because they had been previously advising the Democrats prior to the most recent court orders?
3: Um I actually don't know the answer and by the way you did a great job explaining that that's why you're on the radio and I'm not. Um, Uh (laughs) Because it is a fairly small number of people in the world that do this kind of work but all of them that do this are again trying to figure some way to justify redistributing political power from Republicans to Democrats because the fact is Democrats have a very ineffective political coalition in a district based system you know the Republican districts in eastern North Carolina that Republicans win are like plus five, plus seven districts. The Democrat districts are, are like plus 25. And so when you average it across the state, it means Republicans are going to win more races. It's just a simple one plus two equals three. You know, the Democrats either need to have an initiative to hire a bunch of U-Hauls and move their people into different places, or they need (laughs) to find issues. Or they need to find issues that are attractive to the people in Greene County and Lenore County and parts of Pitt County, um, and they're unable to do that. And so I I think what is so frustrating, and if you're the Republicans right now in Raleigh, what is so maddening to you (laughs) is as much as you disagreed with the court and believe that they rewrote the state constitution with a bunch of crayons you have tried to comply with their order and do what they said and right now the people on the other side are moving the goalposts and are cheating well
2: you know it's interesting i'm I'm trying to find the correspondence here in this uh it was uh, attached to the exhibits in the republicans complaint but at one point, uh, they actually, in their correspondence, back and forth, and I'm paraphrasing here, but they say, oh, you know, we're, really, we're not supposed to be doing this, by the way. The court said that we can't do this. And they go ahead and you to do it. I mean, it was a delay. Yeah, they did that. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's really unreal. Actually, the worst part in there is this guy that is supposed to be advising the special master, he is talking to one of the plaintiffs own witnesses and the plaintiff witness says don't use my data don't use my formula that looks too favorable to the republicans <laughs> he saying, don't use what i testified and wrote about because the republicans did what they were supposed to so go find something else which is in fact what they did
2: now let me ask you other than the the, uh, the court coming in and you know saying naughty naughty uh, you know we're going to throw this out and don't do it again I mean if this was if this was Republicans in reverse this would be a national story of you know how how the Republicans are just the worst cheaters and uh you know th- they would probably come up with criminal charges against somebody
3: I can promise you time um, if republicans did this somebody's butt
2: was going to jail yeah oh. i mean there's no doubt about that but you, i mean do you suspect that ain't gonna happen. well <laughs> it's not going to go to jail but do you is it is it at all possible that um and again you said it earlier the supreme court is you know they're, they're obviously from their first decision on the maps a couple of weeks ago that that's going to be insightful to how they react to this story but is there any legal possibility that the courts would come in and say wait a minute this is this is pretty obvious that this is this is not just you're you're not about a fair map you're about a map that helps the democrats significantly um
3: they should be held in contempt of court i doubt that will happen you know what what i would say is we really have turned this mess over to these mathematical geeks, and it's why you know the Republicans actually had a congressional map that made more sense than eastern North Carolina. That um, you know it it didn't put Cumberland County in with New Hanover County. It would have actually protected an additional Democrat, Kathy Manning, in Greensboro.
4: Right. I
3: mean, if you if you take all the things in to consider. Consideration And it's a very hard time because, you know, a competitive map is not a compact map. Right. A compact map is not necessarily a competitive map. So all this – and a map that is guaranteed to result in a certain political outcome for Democrats, despite their uh, situation with the voters, is neither compact, <laughs> you know, or communities of interest. Um, and so – but there – You know, in other words, we got the map we do, which is kind of screwy looking because of trying to to bow down to the math gods. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, no. This this process is supposed to be done by human beings. It is a political process. It will always be political. What we have done is we have taken away the politics from the people elected by the citizens of North Carolina to out-of-state, unaccountable,
0: cheating, mask geeks.
2: And the irony of that is that really sort of goes against what the Supreme Court said when they basically they came out and said, look, the voters need to have their voices heard. Well, the voters made it real clear who they wanted to be up in Raleigh drawing these maps. And as you just said, it's gone from the voters' hands to the, to the representatives' hands, and now it's gone to somebody that doesn't even live in the state's hands. Great point. Let me get back to my, my question that I started to ask. Do you think that the Democrats who filed a complaint saying throw out these maps, they don't meet our criteria because they've added new criteria that the Republicans weren't even aware of, do you think they are trying to say, oh, don't look at this cheating scandal that Dallas Woodhouse has pointed out in the Carolina Journal. Don't look at that. Look over here. The Republicans haven't done it the right way.
3: Um, What I think is that this is the fact. This is what I believe. The fact is that there is nobody that can draw a map that puts the Democrats in the majority in North Carolina period, especially this year. It can't be done because of where the Democrats live and the immovable parts of the Constitution that we have to follow. And so when they do all this and the Republicans comply, they didn't get as much out of it as they wanted. So they keep trying to figure a way to cheat and keep trying to figure out a way and just let the court make it up, you know. Um the Republicans will survive this. then the next court, God willing, a Republican, will help correct some of this. but the long-term damage has been to our judicial system, which has become a
2: mockery. yeah Well, hopefully the
3: idea, uh, the idea that this is nonpartisan um uh, determination, what the context and the textual meaning of the Constitution is is a joke.
2: Do you suspect? I've asked Mitch Kokai this question. I've asked Jim Perry this question, uh, Keith Kidwell this question. Uh, is it is it your suspicion that if the Republicans get a majority in the Supreme Court, we're going to be going through this entire process more or less next year after the November elections? There's going to be some. Well, sort of- let
3: me say this I hope so, because what has happened here cannot stand. And um, what I will guarantee you is the congressional map will be redrawn. You know, if the Democrats happen to get in control this year, they would redraw it. There's no restrictions on redrawing the congressional. Right. Map. That can happen at any le- time. Right. That can happen at any time. Whether the legislative maps are redrawn, um, uh, I think that Republicans will win the Supreme Court. And I think that is a theory we need to test because I don't think. It is good for the state of North Carolina in the long run for just uh, toxic, unconstitutional actions by the court to stand that eviscerate the separation of powers.
2: When do you suspect the Superior Court will come and give a response to this uh, complaint by the Republicans concerning this cheating?
3: I I don't know what they'll do. I mean, I I, I, I suspect the court will do what the Republicans asked here because there's no reason for them not to and just throw out their material. Um, I don't I do think, you know, we probably won't hear what the trial court has to say about the maps until late Wednesday or Wednesday afternoon, and then we won't hear from the Supreme Court until late Wednesday night, just hours before filing opens. And by the way, none of this has done the voters any good. It has greatly delayed people's ability to campaign and try to earn votes. I mean, by the time we start filing, I mean, you know, most of the time campaigns are going for a long time before filing.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know,
3: by, by, by the time we start filing, you know, these legislative campaigns and everything in new districts will have a month, one month before people are voting. Right.
2: And I'm not so you know, sure that's not the uh, that's not part of the modus operandi by the Democrats that let's make it as confusing and uninteresting as possible. Let's try to. I mean, the, the Republicans ought to be the most enthusiastic uh, bunch of folks and voters and the independents as well. And yet when you when you have this gobbledygook going on, people lose interest and they become disheartened. I'm not sure that that's not part of that. Uh... Well, may
3: That may be. Of course, it does. It does Democrat no voters either, because there are a lot of Democrat districts that are, you know, by their name going to elect Democrats, and those voters deserve a fair and um, and a a campaign that is that is um, to the standards and dignity of the human beings that are that are whose whose voices are being asked. You know, I mean, that they deserve the opportunity for people to go out and earn their vote. Right. You know, and that's not happening either.
2: Let me ask you one last question before we let you go and we're up against a break. But how did the Republicans discover these emails that were going on between the uh, special masters and uh, these so-called experts? How did they come across this information?
3: So I think that there was actually a lawyer on the other side with the plaintiff that in this case did act ethically and turn them over.
2: Well, that's that's good.
3: Now, that is good. Um, Of course, you know, if they hadn't gotten caught later, they could all lose their bar licenses. So um, uh, I think there's a lot more to come out about this. Um, What I will say is when when you take the power from the legislature and then give it to the court and then they reassign it to out-of-state math nerds, you end up with districts that make no sense you end up with more gerrymandering, not less, less communities of interest, and nobody wins except maybe the Democrats get a little better political outcome.
2: Well, the one silver lining in this, again, as it looks like there is corruption and cheating coming into the overall process, uh, I would think that when the Republicans gain control of the Supreme Court, uh, this is going to this is going to add some uh, ammunition to the Republicans' complaints.
3: Well, I'm going to tell you something. Re- re- Republicans get in charge and somehow get to the magic supermajority numbers. They need to outlaw the use of this kind of data. Yes. A- and they need to seriously think about shortening the lengths of terms of the judges so they face the voters more often.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Dallas Woodhouse calling in. Great article. We commend our listeners to go to the Carolina Journal. And uh, as you said earlier, it's uh, it's a little complicated. But the bottom line is the Democrats are cheating, and they knew they were cheating. They knew they weren't supposed to be doing this, and they did it anyway. Unbelievable. Yeah. Dallas, thanks a million. Appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you again.
0: Thank you. You bet. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is your Drive at Five, and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7.
2: Welcome back. And it is uh, President's Day. If you're off, hope you had a good day off. 230 years ago in uh, 1792, President George Washington created the U.S. Post Office. He was so excited he wrote a letter to Martha to tell her the good news. Uh, By the way, that letter finally arrived last Tuesday. Take a look at your weather forecast. A slight chance of showers tonight. Otherwise, mostly cloudy, low around 55. Tuesday, nice. Partly sunny, a high near 73. Uh, Tomorrow night, a low around 60 for the low. Wednesday, a slight chance of showers. Otherwise, a high near 76 with mostly cloudy skies. Wednesday night, mostly cloudy, low around 54. Thursday, cloudy with a high near 61. And Friday... Looking way down the line to Friday, 80 degrees. <laughs> nice. Sunny and 80. Um, again, I am just, um, I, and I know we spent a lot of time on this, but um, is there no um, ethics at all amongst the Democrats? What happened? Is, is the The ends justify the means. And the problem is they know that if they get caught, eh, nothing will happen. As Dallas said, if this was in reverse and the Democrats felt like they were slighted, and the Republicans had done the cheating and deliberately gone against the court and finding, finding emails admitting that they knew they were cheating, somebody would go to jail. Someone would end up in jail. Not going to happen. I I, I promise you, nothing like that was going to happen in this case. Town Hall and a number of other outlets are uh, covering closely the situation in Ukraine. Uh, It is dire. Sleepy Joe, uh, it was so dire, Sleepy Joe didn't go home for President's Day to take his nap. Uh, He didn't even get out to get an ice cream cone today. Vice President Kamala Harris goes over and spends the weekend in Munich at the Munich Security Conference with a diplomatic assignment from President Joe to bolster Western alliances to deter Russia from invading Ukraine. This is uh, mind-boggling. I mean, listen, for those people, and, and if you were naive enough to think, that uh joe would be good because it was uncle joe and he doesn't send these texts like uh, donald trump sends
1: and uh um uh, um what am i doing here
2: you know it's I, I know that trump could be caustic but it's in times like these with russia going into ukraine it's times like these that you want a fighter And you need a fighter. But to send Kamala Harris over there, the woman is, this is so above her pay grade. So she goes over there, and during a back and forth with the reporters about the tense situation, Harris reiterated Biden's belief that Vladimir Putin has decided to invade the country, but then attempted to argue a looming sanctions package will deter him from doing so. Cut one.
4: But if you believe Putin has made up his mind, what leverage do you really have? Why not put those sanctions in place now? The purpose of the sanctions has always been and continues to be deterrence. But let's also recognize the unique nature of the sanctions that we have outlined. These are some of the greatest sanctions, if not the the, the strongest, that we've ever issued. As I articulated yesterday... It it is directed at institutions, in particular financial institutions and individuals, and it will exact absolute harm for the Russian economy and their government.
2: But if Putin has made up his mind, do you feel that this threat that has been looming
1: is really going to deter him?
4: Absolutely. We strongly believe. and, And remember also that the sanctions are a product not only of our perspective as the United States, but a shared perspective among our allies. And the allied relationship is such that we have agreed that the deterrence effect of these sanctions is still a meaningful one, especially because, remember also, we still sincerely hope that there is a diplomatic path out of this moment. And within the context then of the fact that that window is still opening, although uh, open, although it is absolutely narrowing, but within the context of a diplomatic path still being open, the deterrence effect we believe has merit.
2: Yeah, <laughs> whatever. She is right on one thing. Uh, these are the most uh, the the strongest sanctions that they have implemented. They're not the strongest sanctions, but they're the strongest ones that they have implemented. But the Biden administration shutting down the XL pipeline and approving the Russian pipeline through the Black Sea. Uh, he's going to be making money hand over fist. I mean, look at the price of oil. And uh, you know what? I, it, what's what's so sad, what is so sad is why should the United States get in there and put our necks on the line when Germany is just, their attitude, they're shutting down their nuclear power plants and they're saying that, uh, oh, you know, don't get interfere because he might cut off our gas. I, I mean, I, I'm biased for Trump, um, and I'm biased against Biden. I, I I'm, It's called news and views for a reason. But there, there's no way this would be happening if Donald Trump was in the White House. Harris was asked about the impact a war in Europe could have on everyday Americans. She answered by explaining Americans may have to simply deal with the higher energy prices and other consequences. We wouldn't have had to if your idiot boss had kept the XL pipeline going and had basically told Russia, no, you're not going to bring in the Nord Stream pipeline. I mean, this, this lies right at the feet of the Biden administration. I, this attitude, I mean, it's the same attitude that Obama has. Oh, yeah, you're going to pay higher energy costs if I make it into office. While she claimed the administration is attempting to mitigate the harm, she did not give spe- specifics. Quote, Can you explain to the Americans what exactly they will face if Putin invades Ukraine? Harris, when America stands for her principles and all the things we hold dear, mm, it requires sometimes for us to put ourselves out there in a way that maybe. We will incur some cost. What the heck does that mean, Vice President Harris and Ukrainian President Zelensky? Uh, that get together was worthless. You all know it was going to be the case. Harris came out of her depth and almost everything. Her, she, she's a, this is out of town hall. She's a talking points machine. Bingo. Anything after that is just as incoherent as Joe Biden. This is what she, now flip over to cut three, uh, Clark. Um, This is what she said, uh, one particular clip, uh, addressing the press, it's drawn all kinds of political scorn on social media. Um, Basically, she was, uh, as, as always, she's totally unprepared to address geopolitical crisis anywhere in the world. This happens to be in Ukraine, cut three.
4: I mean, listen guys, we're talking about the potential for war in Europe. I mean, let's really take a moment to understand the significance of what we're talking about. It's been over 70 years. And through those 70 years, as I mentioned yesterday, there has been peace and security. We are talking about the real possibility of war in Europe. So our position is for us very clear, which is as a leader, which we have been bringing together the Allies, working together around our collective and unified position that we would all not just prefer, we desire, we believe it is in the best interest of all that there is a diplomatic end to this moment.
2: So how do you think Putin took that? I'm sure. Thanks for the history lesson there, Kamalis. Thanks for reminding us that uh, we've had 70 years of peace in Europe and gee whiz isn't that interesting 70 years of peace in europe the biden administration comes in and suddenly that comes to an end <laughs> I mean, basically did she not i mean she she has no clue that that's what she said but that's what she said the biden administration takes over and guess what russia and china and for that matter the terrorists over in iran they're all thinking hey man And I'm sorry to sound glib about this, but their attitude is, hey, if we're going to take over some extra territory, now's the time to do it. Why would you send Kamala Harris? Granted, they don't have much of a bench in the Biden administration. I mean, Joe's not going to go over there. I mean, they don't have enough depends over there to keep them dry. Even the Washington Post wrote The Vice President and Secretary Blinken have talked to each other here, but they're pursuing separate schedules and their teams are not closely coordinated, said one American official who spoke on the condition of anonymity to discuss sensitive matters. You could argue it's a divide-and-conquer strategy, but that's far-fetched. The Harris Stop is about burnishing her, her political credentials as a leader in the middle of a crisis, I mean that clip we just played for you. I mean, all kinds of talking heads are saying, "What? Is, what the heck did she say? It's nothing but a word salad." I, I mean, it's it's it is as if she has no clue, but she's a great BSer. I'm speaking, and so all she's going to do is she's going to come out and and keep talking and. And her nasally little thing that I'm constipated voice. <laughs> and it's 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 infuriating, but she has no clue what she's doing. She has no clue. But she get, just keeps her mouth going. And she's and th- th- she has no clue, and yet she's such a condescending individual, constantly talking. To, I mean, you don't think that, that the world doesn't know that we don't want war That this is not a good thing, that we'd rather have a diplomatic end? Ooh, thanks for coming up with that, Jim. What will we do without you pointing that out? What exactly are you doing over there? You're not uh, uh, quite frankly, you showing up there is just going to embolden Putin. I mean, he's he realizes we're dealing with an imbecile. We've got a senile old guy in the White House who doesn't even know what time it is, and we've got an imbecile over there trying to run the show. I, I, I'm not sure how the, the other ambassadors and the other leaders of the country now, I, I just don't, I, I'm sort of at a wit's end as how they keep a straight face. Anyway. Let's take another time out. Lots more to talk about. And uh, interesting clip here from uh, the Indian princess. We'll get to that and more. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: Back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Ottawa police
2: today have been out making arrests of the uh, trucker's convoy. There is a large police presence on Nicholas Street. Protesters are being advised to leave immediately. Some protesters are surrendering, surrendering and are being arrested. Auto police wrote on Twitter, we ask protesters to remain peaceful and lawful. D- did-, did you ask that during the uh, riots back in 2020? Police also tweeted that they wanted to inform demonstrators, quote, under provincial and federal legislation, you will face severe penalties if you do not cease further unlawful activity and remove your vehicle and or property immediately from all unlawful protest sites. Some officers were seen carrying automatic weapons and going door-to-door along a line of trucks and other vehicles parked in Ottawa's downtown. The operation comes as police have filed charges against two organizers of the Freedom Convoy, Tamara Litch and Chris Barber. Litch, 49, of Medical Hat, Alberta, had been charged with counseling to commit the offense of mischief. Chris Barber, 46, of Swift Current, faces charges of counseling to commit the offense of mischief, counseling to commit the offense of disobeying a court order, and counseling to commit the offense of obstructing police. Canadian TV News added, noting that both are expected to appear in court today. Is it just me, or does it seem bizarre, that when you arrest the two leaders— of this protest, this convoy protest, that you have the officers carrying automatic weapons and they're charging the two people that they arrested that are heading up this protest with counseling to commit the offense of mischief. (laughs) That doesn't exactly sound to me like an offense that uh, you would need to use automatic weapons on. Unbelievable. But, uh, hey, that's what's going on in Ottawa. The um, town hall was reporting, the Canadian government has announced that um, if the protesters are arrested and a lot of these truckers have their pets with them in the truck, I mean, they live in their trucks. Some of them have dogs puppies and uh, the Canadian government has said to the freedom convoy protesters um, your animals if you're arrested and you don't get out of here we're going to confiscate your animals your pets attention animal owners at demonstration if you are unable to care for your animal as a result of enforcement actions your animal will be placed into protective care for eight days at your cost after eight days, if arrangements are not made, your animal will be considered relinquished. Okay, what does relinquished mean? Well, if now, this is my thoughts here, if I mean, I think that's a nice way of saying, um, yeah, goodbye to your dog. If no one's ready to take the animal, it's pretty obvious what will happen: the pet will be put down. I, I mean, is is this? Is this what the Trudeau government, are, are, they, are they that heartless? Are they that cocky that they don't even care about the optics of this? One Canadian replied on Twitter, this is an unusual form of cruelty. How will your relationship with your community survive this, re- this really? You know, these are working class people. How do you ever expect them to trust you again? Have you ever thought that far ahead? Does it even matter to you? Representative Jeremy Faison from Tennessee tweeted, a government that will kill your dog for simply disobeying, disobeying their orders on a public demonstration will eventually have no issue killing you for the same. Trudeau is a fool and a tyrant. Uh, who would have... Now, now, you uh, listen. Well, come on. Uh, that, yeah, Jeremy, you're taking that too far. Who would have ever thought... Being charged with mischief, and being arrested, facing the barrel of an automatic weapon, and a government saying, you your your animals, your pets will be permanently relinquished if you don't follow our mandates. Wow. Here is the quote of the week. This is cut one. Senator John. Kennedy, Louisiana, one of my favorite. Not mincing words when it comes to Trudeau's decision to enact emergency powers on the Freedom Convoy. Here he is on Fox News from earlier this week. He wins first place in quote of the week.
1: So what, Mr. Prime Minister, is your roadmap for getting government off our backs and allowing us to get back to normal? Here's the Prime Minister's response. Uh, and instead of saying, fair question, let's sit down and talk about it. His plan for convincing the truckers that they are wrong is by saying, you're a bunch of stupid idiots. Here's what I hear the prime minister saying to the truckers. Look, truckers, um, I'm smart. You're not. I'm educated. You're not. Um, I drink uh, caramel frappuccinos. You don't. I eat bacon wrapped dates and tuna tartare. <laughs> you don't even know what that is. So sit down and shut up. And, you know, the trucker's response to the prime minister well, it's predictable as well. They're bowing up. Now, I would gently say to the prime minister, how can I put If if you're going to be a smart ass first, you have to be smart. Otherwise, you're, <laughs> otherwise you're just an ass. And, and I think he needs to recalibrate and realize what this is all about.
2: Bingo. <laughs> you got to love John Kennedy. By the way, there is a, a trucker-led convoy that will kick off February the twenty-first, twenty-third, uh, rather, from Barstow. Uh, that's an area in California, not too far from uh, Los Angeles, and they're going to begin heading west, west east. They're going to be heading east on, uh, among other interstates, I forty. So they'll probably end up. They're going to head from California to Arizona to Texas, and on up towards North Carolina, and on up to Washington D.C. So uh, we'll probably see this convoy. Uh, coming our way sometime in uh, late March, the uh, People's Convoy, and uh, they're starting out with 500 to 1,000 truckers. Stay with us. I'll be right back.
0: The show—it really makes you
1: think. He is a genius.
0: He's all powerful. He brought a kind of heat. He could be the best. Just don't hurt yourself, okay? More news and views on Talk ninety six three and one hundred
2: So, Senator John Kennedy—I think he really hit it on the head on that quote we just played for you when he said, "You know what?" And, and this comes from liberals in general. I mean, just look at their attitude. Look at AOC, look at Nancy Pelosi, look at Chucky Schumer. Especially the squad. And, and the these what's interesting is the statement that he said, we are smart, and I said I am smart, talking of Trudeau. But this really sums it up. We are smart and you are not. That's the sheer arrogance. But they're misguided. Because the masses are not following them again they're leading a parade and nobody is following populist participation in the democratic party has been slipping for years Um, the party is run by oligarchs follow us regardless of what we say we're allowed to do one thing but you have to do something else do what we say not what we do Democrat leadership really doesn't care what the party will look like in 10 years. Uh, the, the party's falling apart. It's eroding quickly. I mean, look at all the the lead, lead leadership in the Democratic Party. They have very few young, the only young people they've got in their party are, are the super libs, the AOCs, the squad. They don't care what's going to look like in 10 years because they're going to be dead. In the age-old debate, about the allocation of outreach resources, the left could have done what they should have, which is double down on rural white working class voters, but instead they've gone all in for the urban-based elites. And they want the praises of the transgender community, the CRT community, the woke community, even though they're a minority. As a result, the Democrats decided to do something that is basically killing their own party. Democrats saw their hopes in a huge House majority die due to the failure to reach out to people who are, are not unhinged woke progressives. Trump might have lost in the last election, but Republicans made big gains in the House, whittling down the Democratic majority to just four seats. And by the way, the fact that Republicans won a lot of House seats while the president lost is why it's really hard to fathom that Biden actually won. That has never happened before. Now, the level of hatred for Democrats has reached biblical levels, especially in rural America. Pro-Joe Biden stickers are hidden. It's interesting. You you still see MAGA hats. Have you ever? Have you ever seen a Biden hat? I haven't. Democrats feel like they're on the run. The party's brand is so toxic. In the small town 100 miles northeast of Pittsburgh, some liberals have removed bumper stickers and yard signs and refused to acknowledge publicly their party affiliation. These Democrats are used to being outnumbered by local Republican majority, but their numbers continue to dwindle to the point that they feel increasingly isolated and unwelcome in their own communities. The hatred for Democrats is just unbelievable, said Tim Hulahan, an accountant based in rural McKean County, who recently encouraged her daughter to get rid of the pro Joe Biden bumper sticker. He said, I get feel out like we're yeah. out. Out, out, out. <laughs> I feel like we're on the run. The climate across rural Pennsylvania is indicative of a larger political problem threatening the Democrat Party heading into November's elections. Beyond losing votes in virtually every election since 2008, Democrats have been effectively ostracized from overwhelmingly white parts of rural America, leaving party leaders with few options to reverse a cultural trend that is redefining the political landscape. Obama won 875 counties. In her, his overwhelming 2008 victory, 12 years later, Biden wins 527 counties. I mean, that's that's more 350 counties less. Actually, the exact number is 348. 260 of those 348 counties took place in rural counties, according to data compiled by the Associated Press. Again, look at a map, uh, uh, you know, a color map of uh, the the counties that are that and precincts that Biden won, and it's overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly Trump beat, I mean, geographically speaking, Trump beat Biden. The worst losses were concentrated largely in white areas across the Midwest. 21 rural counties in Michigan flipped from Obama in 2008 to Trump in 2020. Democrats lost 28 rural counties in Minnesota, 32 in Wisconsin, and a whopping 45 in Iowa. At the same time, recent Republican voter registration gains in swing states such as Florida and North Carolina were fueled disproportionately by rural voters. Again, Democrats will try and right the ship. They've tried to do so, but it's not succeeding. They can't do it. Frankly, the money and the activist pools all center on the woke slice of the Democratic base. That also poses another problem for the left white progressives are starting to take over the messaging as they fill the coffers at the expense of black and other non-white voters who have been loyal party voters for decades. Money talks. Also, non-white voters are not as intense when it comes to almost every issue. On racial sentiment issues, especially non-white voters are very different from their white progressive allies in the sense that they know and acknowledge progress. Again, going back to that piece we played at the beginning of the program, that dad in Cabarrus County talking about CRT. You know what, there are blacks that look at where the Democratic Party is going and they are scratching their heads. Immigrants are not voting with the Democrats. Blacks are not walking in lockstep with the Democrats. The Democrats are totally losing it. And as a party, just like Justin Trudeau, his political days are numbered. The Democratic Party as a whole, their days are numbered as well. That's the good news. Enjoy your weekend as you think about that. I'll see you on Monday. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right,
0: all right.